Welcome to the Tim Hill Podcast. If you have the time, you can not only listen to the episodes, but you can also watch all the shows and you'll find the links in the description below. Thank you. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Everyday Conversations regarding mental health. Um, because there's nothing on the telly, <laughs> we're coming to you live from the Hill Manor. Um, we're um, we got some we got a guest in tonight. I'm hoping that there's another guest going to come in a bit later. Um, but for now, um, it's it's me and one guest, and I'll bring her on shortly. But um, if you this is your first time here, give the old uh, give us a thumbs up, subscribe to the channel. Click the bell and you get notified when we we go live. Um, so I do two shows. A Tuesday we have a live awesome quiz every Tuesday and we go live at eight o'clock uh, for an hour and uh, there's some great quizzes. You can go back and have a look at that channel and do the quizzes. Um, and all you need to do is work out your, your score and just pop your score into the chat box and you can do it retrospectively after or you can come and join us live. It's great fun doing it live. Um, and then this channel is all about destigmatizing mental health. And we're going to look at all aspects of mental health. Um, whether it's it's looking at something like um, just having a little wobble it's okay not to be okay and uh, if you if you're not feeling yourself have a chat with yourself if you're not feeling great find someone to have a chat with if you're still not feeling really great then approach the doctor and just have a word and say look I'm not feeling that red blah 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 and they may be able to help Anyway, we'll get into that as we go through. Um, so, this is what the channel's all about. It's all about talking about mental health, normalising it, bringing it into everyday conversations. Because what we, because what we don't want is to stigmatise it. We we want to bring it out into the open. Because everybody, sooner or later in their life, has a little bit of a trouble. With a uh, with up here, the problem the problem with mental health is you can't see it. Well, some people you can, but as <laughs> a general rule, you can't see it. Um, it's not like having a broken leg, for instance. You break your leg, you go to hospital, and they can put a big plaster on it and and sort you out that way. Mental issues are different. They affect people differently. Everybody is different. For some people, it could be a trauma. A trauma. Not could be a drama as well, but, but a trauma um, in early life that comes back and, and bites them. So, yeah, so that's what we're looking at. We, we're going to look at different aspects of it. This evening, we're going to look at... Um, with our guests, we're going to talk about some wellness, how to keep yourself um, 
physically and mentally fit and how the two can marry together to, to keep you on the straight and narrow. So, without too much ado, I'm going to bring in my guest. So, are you ready? Good evening, Cheryl. How are you? I'm great. And I am so thankful that you are doing this and making this normal because we do need to talk about mental health way more than we do. Absolutely. So I truly appreciate that. It's, I mean, I don't know anybody that hasn't had some sort of um, issue. It might just be um, something very minor, or it could be complex PTSD. And I've seen a vast range of it uh, in my time, particularly when I was a welfare officer. Um, I saw <laughs> on a daily basis people coming with with issues of some sort, um, and it can all all be helped. Everybody could be helped. Um, I don't know what it's like in America, but here, the the um, what do you call it? The the mental health teams are under so much pressure. There's so many people that are struggling in this country, and the NHS is on its knees. Um, and I, I think that the biggest problem with the NHS is there are too many chiefs and not enough Indians, and the chiefs tend to be fairly toxic, which is why the Indians are sort of leaving the, res- the reservation as such. <laughs> so it, you see it occasionally, a, a, a toxic environment. You're working in a toxic environment, and you people put up with it so long, and then they've had enough and, and do the right thing and walk away. Now, what they've done with with the NHS, they've employed people that shouldn't even be there. I mean, they've got diversity officers. They've got um, living experience officers that are paying sort of seven figures, five and six figure salaries when the <laughs> the nurses on the front line are, are on sort of about £37,000 a year average uh, across the board. Um, so nurses aren't poorly paid, but they're not fantastic paid compared with these, these non-jobs, <laughs> effectively. <laughs> and, and, and that then brings in the, the, this, this whole toxic environment where... where You've got managers not managing, but but putting impossible tasks on on the troops to deliver, um, and they can't. They, they they're making these things up that that don't work. <laughs> Just impossible yeah, and that's a, they're seeing. Yeah, they're seeing more and more of that with the military. They're the more research that's being done about the PTSD and how it's affecting. And it's not a, you know, anyone who's under that long term stress, like every day for a long period of time is definitely going to suffer. And I'm not sure why 
we're not doing something to help them. Yeah. It's, it's, and it all starts, um, I think, at the top, at the government level, where they, they, they're looking at different aspects. Hang on. <coughs> it's all right. I'll talk. Um, our, you know, I think the other thing that you, you know, when you talk about that, we look, we're looking at things differently. Our parents used to parent to us and now we ask the schools to do it. We're asking everyone else to do it. We're also, you know, it's, it's that person that comes back from war, that person who's been, and even if they're not, if you are, um, somebody who is in any job that's a very stressful job for a long period of time, or maybe your life um, because of circumstances. And this is where we have to move away from the government and we have to move into the community to each other and checking in with each other. And really, I love that question of how are you really like yeah. really asking that question and paying attention to the people around us and how can we support them to get them the care that they need. Hmm. And that, that question should really only be asked if you've got the time to ask it. Exactly, exactly. The last, the last thing you want to do is, is see somebody that's struggling and say, how are you? And they say, oh, I'm okay. No, how are you? How are you really? And then they start opening up. Oh, sorry, I've got a, <laughs> I've got a dash. So, yes, so you open a can of worms. That's so rude. <laughs> and then you do one. That's, that's not funny. It's not clever. Um, and, and then you you make them feel an awful lot worse than they were to start with. So, yeah. Well, yeah. And our youth too, that was the other thing I was having a conversation with someone and our teenagers, the pressure that's on them to make decisions and do these things they're having and struggling more than they ever have Mm. before. Um, Because we're putting undue pressure that doesn't need to be there. You know, it's funny because we're asking them, what do you want to be? What do you want to decide? Where do you want to go to school? But you can ask someone in maybe their 40s or 50s and they may not still know what they want to do. So why are we asking a 15-year-old or a 16-year-old, what do they want to be? What do they want to do? Mm. And putting that pressure on them so early in life, when we all have the opportunity to change and be, um, we just need to take some of that pressure off. Yeah. And I think I think, I think a lot of the problems nowadays is where they're putting a, a massive, massive amount of pressure Particularly on young people, about their 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 sexuality, their um, whether they're in the right gender. I mean that, that, that that's that's getting out of hand at the moment. Um, and like offering sort of ten, eleven year olds um, puberty blockers. What's that about? I mean that is going to damage somebody beyond uh, yeah it, it, it's going to not only damage them physically it's going to damage them mentally and and they shouldn't be having those questions they shouldn't be dealing with that 
I know it, it's, well, a, yeah, it's a real it's, thing, this, is, this, this, this dysphoria, yes. this uh, gender dysphoria, but it's in a tiny, tiny um, part of the population. So it doesn't need highlighting to everybody. Somebody that, 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 that's having those, those issues um, will get the help when they need it. But they don't need it at the age of sort of 10, 11, 12. Um, uh, <laughs> just, just beggars belief. And, and, and trying to turn everybody... I, I don't know what you see in America, but over here... They're pushing the LGBTQXYZ all the time, all the time. They just, it just, why can't they just get on with their lives like normal heterosexual people get on with their lives? Why can they not just live a normal life? Why do they have to inflict that on everybody when there's no need to? Well, it's interesting because we've had women's rights um, have come and then they come back again. I mean, in, yeah. when I was a small child, it was burn the bras and, you know, and, and it came back I'm all back in favor again. of that. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> of course you are. Yes. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, it, some things, you know, I feel like... Uh, on the on how people decide to live i i won't tell anyone how how they need to live other than here if we talk about how to improve our mental health how to give us a leg up i mean i will say you know what do you do when you get sick like what are the first three things that you think of okay i don't feel well okay now what do i need to do to feel better. For me, typically it is, um, I need to increase my water. I need to sleep a little bit more and I need to give myself the space to heal Mm. instead of, uh, but we tend to on the mental health things, you know, you're, you're under pressure or whatever's going on and you're trying, we've, we've come from this push, 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 when what we need to do is just set back just a moment, go ahead, give ourselves a break. Yeah. And, and I what's, think your, what's your go-to when you don't feel well? I'll just go to bed with a bottle and get drunk. <laughs> no, not really. Not really. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's, it's how you feel at the time. I mean, I've been pretty ill for the last six weeks or so. Um, all over Christmas, I've had this rotten, stinking cold. We tested for for, for the, the COVID, and it wasn't that. It was a rotten, stinking cold. It wasn't flu. It was a rotten, stinking cold. Um, full of snot, <laughs> coughing, and, <laughs> and yeah. not being able to sleep because you're bloody coughing your heart up all night. Oh, it's just... <laughs> Try to get out, get out of the doctor. Oh, it's 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 a cold. We can't. <laughs> don't need. There's nothing we can do. Yeah, take and some paracetamol. Take some paracetamol. Yeah. Having having been on the phone for an hour and seven minutes to get through, to be told by a receptionist, you don't need antibiotics. Uh, take some paracetamol. <laughs> 
Well, see, there's a, there's a perfect example. That's a simple illness that yeah. you couldn't get help for. I could help you because I believe using some essential oils, um, diffusers and some other things um, can help with colds. But here, that's a perfect example of here's a simple. You're frozen. <laughs> so, so my remedy, I tried all sorts. Um, we tried the paracetamol. We tried the lem sips. We tried, we tried some rum. Um, rum was fairly effective. <laughs> but it's it's. It's just the, the the system's fairly broken. And so to, to be told by a receptionist um, you can't have any paracetamol, you have to take um, 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 <laughs> you have to take some paracetamol, you can't have any antibiotics. Let's just go back to me until uh, <laughs> Cheryl comes back in. She's, the internet's playing up tonight a bit. <clears throat> I think I'm going out okay at the moment. But all these things we can do to improve our lives, it's it's looking after yourself. And what that's why you, the, the, the key factor to this whole thing is to look after number one first. And if you're living a fairly healthy lifestyle, you, you you're eating a fairly well balanced diet. You're not overeating. You're taking the right amount of um, uh, water intake every day. I'm on the old Adam's ale at the moment. Because <laughs> <coughs> it's kind of I've been struggling a little bit. Really have been struggling this last six weeks or so. I mean, all over Christmas and New Year. I was feeling really, really rough. And I'm just coming out the other end of it now. And I've not had a cold like it before. Now, I've got some theories on that. I think... um, I think it's down to being locked up for a couple of years and not being out and... um, What's naming? Um, Beefing up the immune system by catching all sorts of nasty stuff. (laughs) So... Cheryl's back. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, technical issues. Technical issues. We can work through it. It's what it's all about. We we yeah. have the technology to be able to get on with it. I know. It's all good. Yes. So I was just I was just but- saying about looking after you, number one, looking after yourself and and trying to have a a, a decent, well balanced diet. Taking on the right amount of fluids every day, um, and and generally just looking out for yourself because if you if if you if you go crook yourself, then you can't help other people. Basically, I mean, it, it's been pretty miserable over Christmas and New Year. We've both been down with it, uh, myself and the Duchess. I mean, she, she's she started off suffering from it. It was her own fault. I mean, she went off to to babysit the kids and the the grandkids, and and they were full of colds and everything. She caught it, and then 
then gave it to me, which is very generous of her. <laughs> We've both been suffering all over Christmas, and we're just about coming out the back end of it now. But we have a, a I mean, because we're retired, we have a, 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 a I mean, she's a great, fantastic cook, um, and, and we have a really well balanced diet. I mean, fish and meat and vegetables and and all of that good stuff. So, <clears throat> and that's that's us, but. It's 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 still we still got still. and and that's sure. because I think we've been locked up for two years where we've not been mixing with people we've not had the normal sort of colds and flus that's knocking around um, so, so our immune system's been a bit degraded and then all of a sudden there's <laughs> a little bug goes around and it levels you. <laughs> I think that's true because you think about the um, my thing, my past profession was doing hair and there wasn't hardly any clients that I didn't hug. I was constantly hugging, touching people. And so they would come in sick. I would never get sick because I was exposed to so many germs. Same thing that, you know, when a child is out and they're in the dirt and they're eating yeah. dirt and they're playing. <laughs> and people are like, that's bad. No, it's good. They're building their immune system. Yeah, people don't quite get that, do they? <laughs> that's what it's really about. It's just building up that immune system, which is... I mean, I used to travel into London every day on a, on a commute, hour each way on a train. And it's always, all year round, people coughing and spluttering. And, and it was just a... Oh, just a don't ever want to go back to doing that sort of commute again. Um, but I never caught anything because my immune system was way up. Right. Um, and it, it, we were, and that's with everyone. I mean, that's around the world that yeah. everybody was up. Everybody was touching or around people. So their immune system went down. So one of the things that, um, what are the things that build your immune system? And you're right, eating, you know, eating right, feeding yourself, getting movement, drinking enough water, because I think in the winter time, it tends to be a little more difficult to get enough water in. Um, we don't tend to be as thirsty in the, you know, winter as we are in the summer months, or we don't notice it. Um, so I highly recommend that you make sure that you're getting enough water in and sleep, rest. Yeah. You know, what, what, you know, getting, and that rest can be, you know, some people need seven hours and some people need 10 hours. So knowing what your body personally needs is key. And then there are other things. Um, one of my favorite things is Corella algae. For building, you know, it gives you a lot of, it's a food, it's not a supplement. You can get it in a powder form or like little baby aspirins, um, so you can swallow it. But there's a huge amount of benefits because that's something that's also kind of grabs on to the environmental toxins or things, and then you, you know, expel it out. <laughs> well, when I when I get reincarnated next time, I'm coming back as a cat. My cat, my cat sleeps about twenty hours a day. Yeah, 
That's the good life. I love him to bits. I mean, he, 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 at the moment he gets a lot of his sleep um, interrupted. We have a puppy. <laughs> yes, I saw. And he, he's a proper little toad. Um, he was at the vets on Monday and um, had the old... Um, oh, that's good. That's good. <laughs> And it, it hasn't stopped him. <laughs> Give him a month. Yeah, I hope so. Um, I mean, the vets had him down as a serial humper. So, <laughs> 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 so we had to do something. I mean, it was getting embarrassing. Anybody that comes round, he's there, up against the leg, giving it one. <laughs> yeah, he's... <laughs> he tried it on the cat. He tried it on Artie the ship's cat. Came off second best. <laughs> it was hilarious. He tried to give him a whop, and he went flying across the room. <laughs> the cat was like, "Nope, he, he, he doesn't go close to him nowadays. He's just out, of, just out of swiping range." <laughs> but um, yeah, when they're, they're, they're a lot of fun together, actually. Yeah, an what, animal. What, there, you yeah. from our animal of how, you know, movement. What are they doing? They're moving. Other than cats, cats love to. But cats move precisely. But movement in your day. And I think, you know, we're we're doing things virtually. We're doing a lot of things sitting down. And so making sure that every so often you're just getting up and just shaking it off, walking around, you know, stretching is helpful because... Now we know with only 10 minutes a day that you're growing brain cells. You're growing new brain cells in the hippocampus. So you're getting smarter. So if that doesn't encourage people, if you don't want to get smarter, then don't exercise. But if you want to get smarter, (laughs) exercise at least 10 minutes a day. (laughs) I'm doing my best. And it doesn't have to be like we think of like I do some really intense things, but you can do simple things for 10 minutes. You can go for a walk, turn on two songs, dance it out. You can just, you know, whatever it is, but moving and the older you get, keeping that movement is key because your balance um your chance of falling so it's things like um even sitting so sitting and then standing and then sitting again that's building your leg muscle i mean it doesn't have to be really complicated i mean this this time a year ago um uh, and a couple of months prior to this a year ago my body had seized up I, I was I was in a really bad place. We've been locked down. I hadn't been able to move an awful lot. Um, I'm, I'm riddled with um, rheumatoid arthritis and osteoarthritis, mm. where I just abused my body for so many years. Um, so my body had seized up. This time last year, I started off with massage therapy, um, and it took about nine months. Um, to 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 unlock my body, and it, initially it was really painful. Um, with the, with the deep massages that we were we were doing, just to try and free up some of the the, the, the muscles are just literally locked up and like the Tin Man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, worse than him. <laughs> Probably, I've gone rusty and seized. <laughs> but I've been so, working. 
every week. No medication. An hour every week for for nine months, uh, and now go every other week um, for for an hour session. And uh, my um, massage therapist, Louise, has, has worked wonders. I mean, look, I couldn't do that this time last year. I was doing that. And that was about as best as I could do. I kind of remember that. Yeah, I mean, I was I was in another state um, during Leader um, in August. I, I I was easing off quite a bit then, but this time last year, I was in I was in poor state of health. Really was bad. But we 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 now we're in a position where I can go and do some stuff. I can I can take the map for a walk, um, and yeah, I'm feeling that. Physically. So, did you only do massage for your rheumatoid arthritis? No, I'm on a pill as well for it, and that kind of things. Yeah, it's yeah, a whole I'm, process. A whole piece around it. So, so I've, I've been on. Um, I started off on methotrexate quite a few years ago now, because um, I've had it for I don't know best part of ten years. Um, and now I'm down to one pill a day, which is called leflunamide. Um, and that just keeps it at bay. Occasionally I have a flare, I have a rheumatoid flare, uh, and I pop a few brief, and, and, and that generally makes it go away after a couple of days. Um, can I ask, when yeah. you have a flare-up, do you know what causes your flare-up? Do you, Is it a food? Is it a stress? Nothing. I'm a, I'm no. Stress? What's stress? <laughs> I'm retired. I don't have stress. <laughs> I, oh, I have, oh, a little bit. I, yeah, I mean, I, I have this, this this attitude towards um, worry and stress. And it's simple. It, it's, it's, it's a really difficult mindset to put yourself in, but I've mastered it. So... If you can, if you can't do something about something, there is no point in worrying about it. If you can do something about something, then you can do it. So there's no point in worrying about it. And Very that's true. a mindset that that, that 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 is difficult to master. But once you've mastered it, you don't have any stress. There's no point in in, in stressing over something that you can do something about. And there's no point in yeah, stressing mo- over something you can't do anything about. You're right. Most of the time we're stressing over the story that we're telling ourselves about something in the future that hasn't even happened, and we're already playing it out. Yeah. So there's, it's taken quite a bit of time to get that mindset, but you just take a condor moment. Condor moment, <laughs> quick. Take a step back. Look at it. Can I do something about it? Yes, do it. Can I do something about it? No, don't do it. You can't. There's nothing. There's no point in worrying about it. So that's my mindset for 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 worry and stress, and it it, it works. So I mean, I've got a few things coming up in the next couple of weeks. Um, I've got a Burns night, um, and I'm being president for the night. <laughs> so. And what is Burns Night? Burns Night, uh, Rabbi Burns. He's the the beard uh, <laughs> that wrote many many poems and songs um, back in the 
a while ago. I've got to do a bit more reading up on him. Um, but I'm being president, uh, and we've got about 80 odd people in at this dinner, and he's it's, 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 uh, celebrating his, his life uh, mm. was, uh, on the 25th of January. But um, in fact, I'll be going to two. I've got one on the 21st on HMS Victory, and I've got the other one at the, the Yacht Club on the 28th, the week after, and that's the one I'm doing the, the president uh, of, the, <laughs> of the dinner. So I've got people doing the Selkirk Grace. I've got a vicar doing that. Um, I've got somebody doing the address to the, to the haggis. Uh, so they, they pipe the haggis in and, uh, and, and say a few words and then they stab the beastie and you have a drop of whiskey. Um, uh, and then, then they've got somebody doing the immortal memory. Um, and then a gentleman does an address to the lassies, and then you get a lassie does the reply for the lassies. So, and, and then I just have to bang me gabble and, and call people in when, as and when they need to. <laughs> so, it should be a good evening. Yeah. But I'm not worried about it. I'm not stressing over it. And, no. Uh, yeah. A little bit of... a few jocks. <laughs> I was going to say, I think sometimes, you know, in those little stress moments, maybe it's like, oh, I'm going to speak or, oh, I'm going to present something. That little stress actually is good because it, it's like excitement. Yeah. yeah. It's more anticipation, I think. Um, it's, it's standing up in front of a crowd. I mean, this, this particular dinner at the moment, I think we've got about 80 booked in for it. So... 80 people is nothing I, I was stood up in front of a crowd of a couple of thousand and and gobbed off so I don't I don't have a problem in, in public speaking I know customers no. I have the public speaking <laughs> <laughs> yes and then as the old goes you just uh, imagine them all naked and you'll feel better <laughs> no no, no. It depends on the audience <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't don't think of the audience as naked because some of them don't want to see naked anyway. <laughs> but that's 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 what um, that's what I'm doing in a couple of weeks' time. So I'm I'm not concerned. I'm I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'll have a little bit of anticipation beforehand and a little bit of nerves, but that just makes you better. Uh, yeah, I but what you're saying made me think it's like. When you're, you know, what's the fact that's happening? That's the circumstance. Yeah. And what are my thoughts around that? That's what drives your action. And so when your thoughts, like you said, it doesn't stress me out. You're looking forward to doing it. So therefore, your action is going to be different than if you were like, oh, I feel I might be judged or I, I'm worried that I won't all I'll mess it all up or whatever. And then that is also your action. So it's what are the things? Well, well, I've been threatening to do it for, for a few years now, and I've always had a jock that, that puts his hand up, you're not doing it, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but none of them have come forward this year, so... <laughs> How can I it's your it? turn. It's yeah. my turn, yeah. Um, so, but having said that, I mean, I've done my DNA, and, and funny enough, I've, I've, <laughs> I've got 47% English in me. I've got 35% Scottish. 
where's that come from? <laughs> I can't find it in my, my family tree at the moment. So I've got to find where the where the, the, the jock element has come into it. <laughs> and then I've got um I've got some Norwegian and Danish in there, Swedish in there, and uh, some weird reason I've got two percent Welsh. Oh, I have Welsh. Yeah, I don't know where that's come from. <laughs> so I think somebody's been mucking about with my DNA. <laughs> 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 well, yeah. You never know. No, you have to go back. <laughs> you know, it's like here they they take these buildings uh, that are almost crumbling. They're from the 1800s, and they're going back and looking at the history of how those people, you know, caught, you know, put that wood, built those homes with no. Mm. You know, no tools other than their hands and, you know, and so it's kind of the same thing. You know, it's like looking back at our history and kind of pulling it apart and seeing where where was that person and how did I get that? <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's a fascinating game looking at um, your, your, your family's ancestry. Um so I got into that a while back, and and, uh, and my mother did the same, and she 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 was on it, and she did her DNA, and and I'm I'm, I'm right in there as a parent, and we can see. Uh, so I know she's my mother. <laughs> you weren't you weren't the milkman's kid. Might have been, <laughs> but, but I look far too much like my old man not to be. <laughs> Yes. So growing up, I say that because, you know, my sister and I would tease each other. Who was the mistake? Who was the milkman's, yeah. you know, because we, it's what siblings do to each other. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, I've got, a, a, I'm, the, I'm the oldest. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been. I, I, I had an older brother. He died 16 hours after he was born. Um, mm. And that's another story altogether. But um so it may be the oldest um, and I have a, a, a sister uh, a year younger than me and she's just riddled with jealousy and then I've got another sister that's three years younger um, she was born in 63 in that winter of 63 and um, yeah I can remember that happening I was five at the time <laughs> so <laughs> that was a tough old winter um but that's that's the siblings for you. I mean, you can't you can't choose your family. <laughs> they say no. But you can choose your extended family. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So we, <laughs> we we're doing pretty well. Um, I don't see them that often. In fact, I hardly ever see them nowadays. Um, they live up further up in the country. I see my mother occasionally. She's still knocking around. The old man died when I was in Kosovo. Um, I got to hear about it. A couple of weeks after the, the funeral, um, I had a what we call a bluey off of my sister. Um, it's an airmail letter that they could send for free to, to the military. So the old man died in 2000 while I was uh, serving in Kosovo. So, mm. And I was going to say, when you talk the places that you've been and the people that you've been around and you can see some of that PTSD, did you recognize something was wrong before that became, you know, a conversation, a regular conversation for people? 
you seeing it and how how has it changed from not really calling it PTSD to now calling it? Or do you think mm. it has improved? I, I've seen uh, I've seen an awful lot of stuff in my army career. I mean, I joined the army in 1974, left in 2018, um, did multiple operational tours. And my first one was in um, Northern Ireland in 1977. Um, saw an awful lot of action on that tour. Um, saw my first dead body back then. Um, and... Back then, there was there was nothing like what we do nowadays. We, we do trim, which is trauma incident management. So, so there was none of that. It was it was it was just sort of have one of these, which is what's that? That's a man uphill. Um, you just get on with it back then, uh, and I've always done that. Always got on with it. Um, and and you, you talk about it with your mates. That's how it's always been dealt with. More recently, when we've we've been into places like Afghanistan, um, the situation changed. They brought in this thing called trim, which is trauma incident management. So when the guys have been in a traumatic incident, say they've been involved in a bomb blast where somebody's lost a life, a team will come in um, about seventy-two hours after the incident. They'll assess everybody that's been involved with it. Um, either directly or indirectly um, and, and work out who needs to to have a one-to-one assessment or a uh, a group session or a an overall brief um, and then they'll assess everybody put them on a score sheet tell them that, that, that if they are struggling then they just can seek help whenever but the team will come back in 30 days later to see how people have uh, have got over it, how they've moved on or, or not. And if they're still struggling, then they can signpost them onto professional help. Um, and then they do a reassessment um, then. And then they'll come back in at the three-month point and, and reassess everybody again and see by which time everybody should have, uh, have moved on and recovered from that incident um so when you say that i think are they are they holding back you know are they feeling free to say i'm struggling or do they still feel like they have to pretend that they're okay it's 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 been a it's been a um it's been a long slow progress or process destigmatizing that fact that because because they see it as uh, weakness, but it's not. Yes. Um, uh, so when 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 they stand teams up to, to to deploy, they start six months out, and as part of that. Um, pre-deployment training they run through these scenarios they run through that process they 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 encourage people to talk about um it, their feelings um and, and what they see and what they've done and they let them know that it's okay not to be okay uh, and if you are having those sort of thoughts then talk to somebody about it early 
Uh, the earlier you can deal with it, the easier it is to deal with it. The problems we've got, I mean, nowadays, I mean, you, the Falklands War was 40 years ago last year. We're still seeing veterans coming from the Falklands that are still having problems that have that PTSD. Now, there's, there was there was two trains of thought on it, and there's there's been some research into um, those that were flown back after um, the, the the after the Falklands was recaptured, and then there's those that came back on the ships. So there was there was a, a, a quite a lot that were thrown back flown back sort of straight away and then they had a big bands and all the rest of it when, when they arrived back they seem to ones that have been suffering more than the guys that were, were coming back on the ships the guys that were coming back mm-hmm. on the ships they dealt with different um, because they couldn't do an awful lot during the day they, they would have a muster parade in the mornings um, and they'd do a little bit of work in the mornings and then they were free to, to go and do what they wanted for the rest of the day I mean read books or whatever um, and they were encouraged to talk about so that those guys are, are the ones that have suffered less yeah because they had a group to work because, with because they, they, they also had two or three weeks coming back on the ships um, yeah. So, so they they were able to sort of decompress, for want of another word, which is why nowadays when you, yeah, when you come out of an operation, um, you, you, for us in the, in the UK military, what they do with us is, um, so, um, where did I get to? Yeah, we were talking about um, guys that was, were struggling. Um, uh, the guys that came back up on the ships struggled a lot less than the guys that flew straight back. So nowadays what they do when we're coming out of operational theatres, um, they, they take us into to Cyprus uh, and they're generally there for two or three days um, decompressing. They, they give them a few beers, they give them briefings and stuff like that and they're down at beaches and, and uh, generally uh, a few days of enjoying themselves. Now, put my hand up, seven operational tours. I never went through decompression once uh, for one reason or another. I, I ended up coming back on different flights. I, I, I came back on an Aeromed flight. Um, the team came back on a, a flight because we had to be extracted to go and do another job. So I never got <laughs> any decompression time at all, unfortunately or fortunately. But I haven't really been affected, although I've seen an awful lot of stuff. Um, because I've, I've been a welfare officer, because I've done the right sort of courses and stuff like that, then I have recognised the, the, the signs and the symptoms and got the help when I needed it. Um, so there you go. So this evening's been a bit of a challenge because I should have had a couple of guests in. Um, uh, I guess one of the guests hasn't been able to make it. Cheryl's just coming back in. We, we were having all sorts of fun tonight. <laughs> so um, if, you, if you've enjoyed the conversation, um, just pop us something down in the chat box and say, yeah, hi, um, we've enjoyed it. So let's see if we can get Cheryl back in, if she's got sound. How are we doing? 
Hello. Hello. Yes, I can hear you. Yes. Yes, Oh, good. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, oh, bloody hell. (laughs) Oh, good grief. (laughs) (laughs) So I was just saying that um, nowadays when we come out of operations, operations, we've got some feedback. Some feedback. Uh Uh-oh. Have you got... Have, have you got, got a mic up? Have you got a, mic uh, up? a, 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 a speaker up? A speaker up? Yeah, <laughs> I love having technical issues. <laughs> They're great fun. Me too. It makes yeah, it more it's entertaining. All a, it's all a big test. So I was just saying that nowadays when we come out of operational theatres, they take us into Cyprus. Um, we have decompression. So you're there for sort of three or four days um, you're fed beer you're sitting around on the beach you're getting a few briefings uh, every other day or whatever and you're assessed um, and and then you're flown home and then etc I was just saying I never uh, I, having gone through seven operational tours in recent years I've never gone through decompression for one reason or another Um but where, where, Is that when some... I went into welfare, I, I was I, because I've done all the right courses. I, I understand what what's been going on. Um, yeah, I, for for me, um, I've been able to deal with my issues uh, the right way uh, because I have seen an awful lot of stuff, um, particularly on the last couple of operations that I did. Yeah, I was going to say, so what were the things, like, did you recognise when it was too much? Yeah, I recognised some of the stuff that was going on. Um, and it, it, funny enough, it wasn't until after I left. Um, I left in 2018, it was 2020. Um, I started to have a bit of a wobble. I started getting really emotional at seeing silly things on the telly. I mean, I could, I could watch a cartoon, and well up, <laughs> thinking, this isn't normal. Um, or I see a sad story on a, a on a film or something, and, and, and yeah. So I contacted the so, old dog. Oh, good. Yeah, he he directed me, he directed uh, me. Or, to. Um, talk something or whatever is a is psychologist so basically signposted me on to the right sort of people unfortunately for me it didn't really work because the the the, the guys i saw and i saw a couple of them they didn't understand what i'd been through so they they weren't really able to help um that way what um what I did do is um, I contacted some mates that had been through the stuff I'd been through, had a bit of a chat, and, and yeah, managed to sort myself out that way. So that was good. Um, but it, it, it was good to see the way that the, um, the NHS deal with it. And unfortunately, although it, it, they weren't able to help me per se, um, because they, they hadn't been in the military and you didn't understand that sort of... They did help uh, a little bit. Um, and I was able to sort of go and see some, some friends and, uh, and chat up through it. And I was 
I'm okay. I still get a little bit emotional when I see something soppy on the telly, but, but you just cope with it, don't you? Oh, what? You're human. I am. Yeah, I am. Yeah, underneath. Yeah, underneath this gorgeous exterior. <laughs> well, and I was going to say too. Like, I find that the animal companions now are extremely helpful with the PTSD. Yeah. Yeah. And just not necessarily always having a trained one, but those are super great. But if you don't, just having that animal, because that. Oh, we're losing it again. Something's going on. My internet's gone queer. Um, um. <laughs> Funny you should say that. Funny should I, say that. Um, I, um, I had a group on a few weeks back um, before Christmas, um, Service Dogs UK, and this is a charity that was set up to marry up a rescue dog with a veteran with some complex PTSD, and they go through about a year of training to accredit the dog um, and the, the, the veteran to recognise that they've got a problem and and once the dog's accredited, they've got the same rights as a guide dog for the blind. So they can go everywhere with a veteran, they can go in and out of um, anywhere. So, and that's a great charity. And they've, they've to date, they've only been going for for about four years, I think, and they've, they've already had about 35 veterans come through with dogs so i know and don't you feel like for me it feels like that should be a part of if they were in the service if they served you know for us our country your country whatever i really feel like that's something that should be you know helped like we shouldn't some of the stuff that we have to do is outside of um outside of what they should they should just get it we shouldn't have to have all these civilians all these people doing these things this should be a part of what we put so funny if you're talking about that um martin there is sat with ollie He's been through it. He's in his, I think, his second or coming up to his third year. Um, and Ollie has just re-qualified, if I'm not wrong, in, in getting his accreditation. So uh, he's one of the, the, the veterans that has benefited uh, from this process. Yeah, I have seen so Like, I just, I find it, like, the most beautiful thing because I had uh, a client a few years back that for many years she's had this horse um, area and it is specifically for veterans for people who have suffered some form of PTSD and they do healing with you know the horses and I just think whether it's a horse a dog or whatever is our animals just bring so much comfort mm. so there you go Martin's just confirmed that, that Ollie's uh, re-qualified so good on you Martin are you going to be just a quick 
question to Martin. Are you going to be bringing Ollie to uh, the big breakfast? And, and are you going to bring all your boys from, from your area down to for the big breakfast? And then are you going to come pick me up on the way? <laughs> We've got... We, um, our regiment, um, Martin, Martin is, uh, was in my regiment. Um, I believe he was a poacher as well. Um, regiment is funding a big breakfast, and it's, it's the whole idea is to get guys um, together, um, all come together at different venues throughout the country where we've got uh, veterans uh, and serving guys as well uh, for a big breakfast, and, and the, the regiment will pay for the breakfast, which is great. Um, so, looking forward to it, and that's uh, that's next month. Um, hopefully, we're going to get a, a big crowd together on the horse uh, name. But there you go. Um, yes, we will be there with four spangles. Excellent. <laughs> so, there's another four to put on the list. Brilliant. So, there you go. That's... Um, that's another one that we've 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 got on the books. Um, a working dog that's entitled to uh, to all the benefits of uh, the same as a guide dog for the blind. Yeah, I think that that is long overdue. But, and here in the United States, we have that too. And then there are some groups that take um, just dogs that have been in maybe the Humane Society um, and they train them as well. So I think there's some criterias, and, and, but it is, it's amazing. I, and I you just think about when you pet your cat and the purring happens. Yeah. yeah. And it's just honestly the most calming thing. Or a lick on the face from your dog. <laughs> Not sure about a lick Not on the sure face from the dog, but certainly. Martin the Shep's cat, he's, he's a funny bugger. He's, he's a pretty short hair. He's a big lad. Uh, he's, a, he's quite a big cat. He's about seven kilos. Um, he won't come and sit on you. He'll come and sit by you. Uh, and he he likes a, a scratch underneath the chin and his ears were steaming. But, um, yeah, when he's had enough, he'll go. <laughs> but he's he, he's very soothing. I mean, he's, he'll, he'll come and pounce on you at sort of four o'clock in the morning demanding feeding. <laughs> he's a bit like Simon's cat. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen the cartoon Simon's cat. He's like that. Four o'clock in the morning once feeding. <laughs> yeah, that that's it'll night time for them, I guess. Yeah. It'll also bring my scene. Bring my scene. What else has he brought in? He's brought he a pigeon. Presents. Pigeon. Yeah, presents. Yeah, presents. A sparrow. He's done sparrow. well to He'd catch a sparrow. Catch a sparrow. He's had a couple. Yeah, well mine caught a bat. Oh. That's good. Yeah. That's good. No, it I'm, wasn't. I'm waiting for him to catch <laughs> a seagull. <laughs> So there you go. Well, I think we've 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 covered quite a bit today. Um, it's been really great. 
Um, we've had some challenges, obviously, today with, with the internet going up and down. You know, as as they say, it's not if, it's when will you have tech problems. <laughs> yeah. yeah. One day we won't. <laughs> but there you go. So anybody that's still out there watching, thank you, thank you, thank you for, for being there. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure. Cheryl, as always, you've been an absolute star. Um, thank you again for joining me this evening and um, I'll try and catch you live soon I missed it last yeah, week yeah I week. I was going to say and if you're looking for all things wellness I'm at Cheryl Wolf W-O-L-F I am the big bad wolf <laughs> I'm very short, so that's why I like to say that. But, um, yeah, come and join me on my channel. But I want to thank you for for bringing this, for talking about the taboo talk topics, for bringing it forward and continuing this on because it's definitely needed. So thank you. Yeah. I mean, we didn't touch on the suicide yet, but um, I don't know what it's like in America, but I think it's fairly similar. There are a lot of veterans taking their own lives at the moment and they've just started something fairly new in this country they're actually recording um whether it's a veteran that's taken their life so we we we, we're starting to see the numbers coming through of veterans that have been taking their own lives uh so they're slightly distinguishing from from where civilians are doing it um so what's martin saying let's just pop that up Martin says, um, I think it's important to say that it's not only veterans with PTSD. Yes, absolutely. Um, they they can get help uh, with mental health, but also depression and anxiety. Op courage. Op courage is something that's going on in this country. Um, it's, it's run by the NHS, but the, the people that are, are running the op courage is um, particularly veterans or serving um, people that are working for the NHS to identify veterans that have the issues and are, are better able to to get the right help at the right time for the veterans. So yeah. thanks for that, Martin. So for that, Martin. Yeah, and I was going to say here also, and I'm sure you have it too, is just through the last few years, our medical staff is definitely suffering with PTSD because of all that they have um, had to endure. And um, yeah, I mean, it's been very difficult. And I think anyone... You know, it doesn't have to be, he's right, and anxiety and all these things. And that's part of what I'm trying to do is help people feel better, feel lighter. And it's not just losing weight. It's letting go of some of those heavy rocks that we're carrying around in our mm. in our mm. minds and learning to give ourselves grace and like even the hard parts of ourselves. Because, you know, there's, you know, I know you're perfect but I'm not <laughs> but it's like you know it is the this it's a it's not a destination it's a constant daily work yeah. and it's yeah. how do we enjoy this journey as we go along yeah. how can we make this journey better for someone else yeah, yeah. 
I, I, I did I, notice I, when I, I was a welfare, welfare officer, officer, a lot a of guys were coming through that had issues. They weren't they to do with the military. They were to when they were during their childhood. And I think there's awful lot of people have childhood traumas that affect them in later life. Oh, for sure. I mean, that is a definite, like, um, if you didn't suffer, you're very lucky because there's so many people that in the old days, they, you know, that was your parent and how they treated you, whether that be right or wrong, you know. And now we, we have things that yeah. are different. But, yeah, I mean, there's all kinds of um, different ways that people have suffered. Yeah. Yeah. I think Martin well, makes a Martin good point here, actually. Depression and anxiety, Depression and anxiety often gets misdiagnosed as PTSD. Very true. Very, very true. But I also think it, the other thing is, is that like you had the illness or you have the rheumatoid arthritis. So having something with a chronic illness or having a sudden uh, health scare like myself when I was told I had a serious illness. I mean, I somebody should have immediately said, let's get you some counseling. I had to do that on my own. I didn't, you know, that's a very, if you've ever been diagnosed with something, that's a very frightening thing. I mean, we all know we don't know when we're going, but when someone says, hey, <laughs> you know, that's a very... <laughs> in your face. Yeah. So, so I think um, I think we've um, covered North yeah. Park, so I think. And uh, I we could just talk all day, day, but they don't want to hear us. We could. <laughs> no, I'm sure they do. No, I'm sure they do. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I think we'll we'll, we'll put them out of their misery. We'll put them out of their misery. So, Cheryl. Thank you once Thank again. You. Thank you, Martin. Thank you, Martin, um, for um, your input. Your input. That's, that's that's very very helpful. That's very very helpful. So until next week, when we've got the the live quiz on a Tuesday, remember that kicks off at eight o'clock Greenwich Mean Time. It's going to be a general knowledge quiz next week. The following week, might do another Harry Potter special. If if you haven't done the, the, the quizzes yet, you can go back and do them. And, and all you need to do is, is once you've, you've added up your scores, just put your score in a chat box so we can see how, you, how well you did. And obviously next Thursday, we'll have another uh, everyday conversation regarding mental health. So until next week, um, thank you so much. Welcome to the Tim Hill Podcast. If you have the time, you can not only listen to the episodes, but you can also watch all the shows and you'll find the links in the description below. Thank you.